Rio Hondo Prep Football is one of the best kept secrets in all of Southern California. As one of the smallest enrollments year in and year out, the Cares have won 14 CIF championships and have been one of the most successful programs throughout their history. Welcome to A Charge to Keep, the official podcast of Rio Hondo Prep Football. And now, bringing you the latest news and content from his alma mater, a CIF champion in 2001. From the class of 2003, here's your host, Matt Ursima. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of A Charge to Keep, the official podcast of Rio Hondo Prep Football. I'd ask you how you're doing out there, but I know everyone's probably hurting a little bit after a tough loss on Friday night to the visiting Brentwood Eagles. Congrats to them on their Gold Coast League championship, uh, beating Rio Hondo on Friday, 32-7. to They also have a win over Campbell Hall last week, 35-7, to and they have Viewpoint remaining, but I am uh, fully confident that they will, in fact, uh, beat Viewpoint, who has had a tough season this year. So Brentwood uh, is the... Gold Coast League champion. They are uh, now six and two, seven and two, excuse me, uh, going into their final game of the season. And Rio Hondo falls to seven and one, the first loss for the Cares this season. And it was an unfortunate, unfortunate loss uh, indeed. Um, a blowout loss, something you don't see uh, for Rio Hondo teams that often. Losing by three or more touchdowns, I should say, is what I consider to be a blowout. So it was rather difficult uh, to see the Cares go down. Uh, to the Eagles in the manner in which they did. Um, they they responded early. Brentwood went right up the field, scored a touchdown. Real Hondo, a few plays later, uh, scored a touchdown of their own on a 66-yard touchdown pass from Armando Carbajal to Nate Curtis. And at that point, it was like, all right, it's going to be one of those nights. Back and forth, here we go. But unfortunately, Brentwood would score the game's next 25 points unanswered, and Rio would not get on the scoreboard the rest of the evening. Uh, Brentwood had a 322 to 244 yard advantage uh, in, in yards in total offense. I should say Rio did uh, outrush Brentwood 149 to 94, but uh, it just felt like Rio didn't have the ball very often throughout the evening. Brentwood, for all of the passing that they did, they had a 10 minute time of uh, time of possession advantage, which in a 48 minute football game is, is huge. Uh, so Rio just felt like they couldn't get anything going, couldn't get in rhythm uh, by any means in, in the game on Friday. Uh, unfortunately for Rio, they were behind the chains a lot. Uh, penalties pushed them back. Um, some negative plays pushed them back and they were in some uncharacteristic third and long type situations that they, uh, they, they fell short on a few fourth downs, uh, as well. And it was Brentwood on the flip side, really that, they found themselves in some third and long, some third and 12, some third and 15. And I mentioned it to you last week against Viewpoint when Rio gave up, I think it was a third and 19. And I said, plays like that will, will really bite you against good teams. And it was Brentwood that didn't just do it one time. They did it like five or six times on Friday night. And a lot of times it was uh, Rio had the quarterback there in the pocket. It seems like he was surrounded. He scrambled out of it found a receiver deep downfield or scrambled himself, did it with his legs. It was a frustrating evening for the Cares defense that could not get off the field. They could not force a punt. They couldn't get turnovers. They did have two sacks early. That seemed to be a, a, a little bit of a, 
of, of potential fire for them. Cody Nelson, I think had one of the first sacks of the game and things looked to look to be about where we wanted early in the game, but we just could not stop Brentwood. We got down 20 to seven at halftime. And with Brentwood getting the ball to start the second half, it was kind of like, man, if we can't stop them, we're just playing catch up all night. And again, no rhythm really offensively. The running game was there, but it just lacked kind of the big plays that we're used to seeing from Rio. I was hoping going into the game, Rio could control the clock, run the ball a lot and be effective getting four or five yards of carry and just keep moving the chains much like Brentwood did. So congrats to them and props to them on the great game plan they had going in. They dominated the football game. And and I do think Brentwood is the better Brentwood's the better football team than Rio Hondo, at least uh, tonight. What I'm not sure about is if Brentwood is 25 points better than Rio Hondo prep. So you got to ask yourself those questions uh, for the team. A lot of these young men have never lost a game for Rio Hondo before as a high school player. So uh, a lot of freshmen out there, guys that have known only success. So there's a challenge there. I mean, how do you respond? I think you really learn about guys and their character when, when you face adversity, anyone could be fired up and, and excited and, you know, working hard when, when things are great, but when things go South for you, when you, when you hit that adversity, when you hit a wall, how do you respond? Sometimes when your backup is up against the wall, uh, there's nowhere to go, but forward, right? You're surrounded. Hey, let's go. Let's dance. Let's party. Uh, so we're going to see how the carriers respond this Friday against Campbell hall in the season finale. And the, the truth is this Rio Hondo has to win the football game against Campbell hall to get into the playoffs. Could they possibly get in with an at-large bid? Yes, but to, to hold your hopes there onto that is is, uh, is is probably not a great idea. You really need to handle your business and beat Campbell Hall on Friday to guarantee yourself a playoff spot, which would be the second seed in the 14 Gold Coast League. Campbell Hall lost one game this season, and it was to the Brentwood Eagles by a very similar score that that uh, Rio Hondo lost to on Friday. Uh, it was 35-7, to seven, Brentwood beating Campbell Hall a week ago. And uh, Rio, same thing, similar game, I should say, 32-7, to seven, Brentwood beats Rio. The only difference is uh, Campbell, excuse me, Brentwood missed two extra points, and uh, Rio was able to block one as well. So still five touchdowns given up, only one uh, one scored by Campbell Hall. So very similar matchup here uh, going into the game. It is at Campbell Hall. It's on the road. So that's going to be tough for Rio to uh, try to finish their season strong, get a win, get in the playoffs. And then at that point, anything can happen, right? Uh, I'm not sure about the, the health of the team. It was a very physical game on Friday. I was super impressed with some of the Brentwood players. I mean, uh, their middle linebackers are real deal. Some was, oh, he's dirty, he's this or that. But the dude was flying all over the field making plays. And I think Real Hondo got pushed around a little bit on Friday night. It's, it's no knock on the on the boys. I was I was very impressed with the effort of the guys. They they kept fighting. They made us proud out there. But they ran into a better team than them, and that happens sometimes. And and hey, that's why we play this game. The beauty of football is every now and then you run into a team that's better than you and you shock them, you beat them. And that just wasn't the case on Friday night against Brentwood. So the cares need to recover and recoup and move forward and try to get in the playoffs. Cause even, even though they had a seven and zero start here, um, man, you lose your last two games of the season and you could be out. So this Friday is a playoff game, make no mistake about it. And I hope that we see a lot of people out there. Um, Cause 
who knows? This could be the last snaps we see with some of these guys. A great senior class we've had, and I hope that everyone can get out there. If not, man, you got to watch this game on the NFHS Network. I got a great picture from my buddy Steve Amon up in Oregon who showed me a picture of him on his phone watching the game, uh, the real Hondo game, while in the stands at his other son's game, what in the, you know watching them on the field. So a loyal fan indeed is Steve Amon. I know there's a lot of great alumni out there as well who want to support this team and i told you guys a few weeks ago you're gonna blink and before you know it it's gone and i'm not saying the season's over by any means but this is week 10 this is the end of the line in the regular season and uh i'm confident the cares will get in the playoffs one way or another but we don't know that we don't know that they will and and that's why it's important to watch and cheer these these young men on who have made us so proud this year and have carried on the tradition of real hondo prep football so uh all we can do is is cheer for them, and I'm I'm confident they're going to work hard this week. They're going to be focused. They're going to be ready to rock and roll. I can I can say at the end of the day that when we get to the end of the game on Friday, I am confident that we are going to walk away from that game knowing that those young men gave absolutely everything they had and uh, have continued to make us proud one way or another. Anyway, I want to tell you about our guest today. You guys know Coach Carson is on the show as always. He's going to uh, answer some tough questions, I'll say, uh, about the the uh, the difficult loss. And then we're going to be joined after Coach Carson's interview by junior Josh Tafflinger, who uh, I recorded these interviews with already. And I got to tell you, I was very impressed with Josh. What a, a great young man he is. I'm always impressed with these guys when I get to talk to them. I'm like, man, these guys are way more mature than I was back in high school. So uh, Josh is a great, great kid, great family. Got to talk to his dad on Friday night a little bit just to uh, someone who embraces everything about the school and the football program and couldn't be more proud to have uh, Josh on, who was being watched very closely by his Cure Youth League team, the Falcons that he coaches. They were in attendance cheering on their their coach, and that's something that's so unique about Real Hondo is you know, the kids you coach look up to you and get to come to your games, and uh, you, you have to represent and carry yourself accordingly because you know uh, little ones are watching you. And I know Josh does that, and all the young men do that on the Rio team and couldn't be more proud of them. Anyway, after Josh, we're going to be joined by Charles Quintero, uh, and all everything from back in, uh, let's see, what class was he? 2011. I want to say he played on the football teams in 08 and 09. 08 was a championship year. 09. They went to the finals and lost. And then 2010, I believe it was the second round. They lost to Boron uh, tough loss there, tough way to end Charles's career. But Charles was so impressive uh, to see on the field. And uh, you're going to love what he had to say about the program here as well in our week nine recap episode after a tough loss to the Brentwood Eagles. So I'm sure you guys are tired of listening to me. It's now time to bring on HCMC head coach, Mark Carson, followed by Josh Tafflinger and Charles Quintero. Enjoy our conversation today with head coach Mark Carson. All right, guys, we are now joined by the head coach of Real Hondo Club Football, HCMC, Mark Carson. How's it going, coach? I know last night was a little tough, but I appreciate you spending the time with me this fine Saturday afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Matt. Um, tough night, but um, no really... No really way to uh, wrap it up other than saying they beat us fair and square. And uh, we lost to a better team last night. It's really, really all you could say. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally understand that. I agree with you. Um, I was thinking about what we're going to talk about today or how we're going to break this down, but sometimes someone is just better than you. And, and I think they were all around. Um, I thought their players, uh, I'm not going to say played harder. Our guys gave a great effort last night, but I think there's things to improve upon for sure. It was eye-opening in a sense. This was the first team you guys have played all year that had a winning record. Most of the teams you've played have even been winless. So I think there's a real big difference in uh, competition with teams that struggle throughout the season and a great team like Brentwood. Yeah, yeah, our schedule hasn't been the toughest and that was intentional knowing we had we had such a young group uh, coming on, but some of those teams are actually winning now. Uh, they, are, they might've been winless at the beginning when we played them, but it looks like Boron, Elmani, uh, Linfield, they're all gonna make the playoffs. Um, but anyway, in their respective leagues. But um, anyway, yeah, and uh, Brentwood, um, they took it to us. It wasn't, um, you know, you look at a few things that go different. It might have been a closer game, obviously, but um, and which would have been funner for the crowd and funner for all of us uh, in attendance. Um, but I, I don't think, you know, everything goes our way. I still think they probably beat us last night and they were good and, and their QBU is special and, and he showed why. So my question to you just straight up direct here is uh, we agree that that's a better team than you, but was that, was that a team that's 25 points better than you? No, I don't think so. I think they're um, again, I think we play well and um, you know, we lost a turnover battle one, which was a scoop and score, which kind of flipped uh flip that second half on its head and just kind of, you know, put it out of reach. Um, but like I said, I think we play well. We're with them in the fourth quarter. And then, then it's a matter of who makes the plays and, and um, grabs that win. But um, we had to play well. And so um, did some things really well. I thought uh, contained their running game pretty well. They averaged like two-something yards a carry. Um, did a pretty good job in coverage. Our young corners uh, played pretty well. Uh, we gave up one busted coverage uh, for a long touchdown, but um, they were able to control the clock, right? And and uh, kind of what we do to teams, and they put together, I think, three long drives and uh, capped them off with touchdowns. Uh, we just could not get off the field, and the way you get off the field is, number one, a turnover or obviously a three and out, and um, they converted multiple third downs, third and longs, um, you know, and, and to their credit, and a lot of times it came down to their QB scrambling, making a play, keeping a play alive, and then hitting a, one of their talented receivers out wide. But I thought our guys were game for it. I thought they played hard. Um, like it was a good um, building block, you know, for our young kids who, who see, you know, what 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 uh, big time competition is on the varsity level. So. Um, I think it was good that way. You know, Rain Pollock, Tyler, uh, Calodro, uh, Elijah, those young guys, you know, got a taste of it. And, um, yeah. Well, for those freshmen, Mark, this is the first football game they've ever lost for Real Hondo as a high school guy. I mean, the JV team, uh, you know, went undefeated, I heard. And then uh, this season has been nothing but success as far as victories go. So how do you address guys that are no longer – perfect we'll say i mean if, <laughs> if they think that's that's the stand it's good to hear or see that they're disappointed because you want to win but perfection is is perfection for a reason and uh there's still football to be played H how did you address your team uh, last night afterward team guys that are very disappointed and, and telling them hey 
we need to learn from this and recover and move forward. Yeah, it took me a few minutes after your interview and that this, this uh, Tribune had a guy there. And so it did that uh, to get there. And I went in there um, in the locker room and everyone was just still sitting in their uniform, in their pads, silent. And um, so, I, you know, I, I had to obviously address them and they're um, first wanted to, you know, take care of our guys who might've been banged up and address that and, and so forth. But then I just uh, made the point that guys, um, every Friday night, half the teams in America lose, right? <laughs> and and um, I'm glad we're not used to it and I'm glad we don't know what to do. I'm glad we're not comfortable with this. Everyone was kind of, yeah, it's very awkward and, and quiet and, you know, where there's usually dancing and hugs and high fives, it's silence and everyone's sitting there. So I'm glad it's not a normal thing in Rio. And um, yeah, we were combined JV varsity 15 and 0 this year. And so, um, it was first loss that we had, we'd suffered on the season. So yeah, you just try to, um, let them know it's okay to feel, feel bad. Um, but at the same time, um, get his focus forward uh, on the task at hand and that's getting ready for Campbell Hall and, and the playoffs moving forward. Oh, I thought it was really important. And, and I gave him the analogy of circling the wagons. Um, that when we go out of here tonight, we're not, we're not pointing fingers. Um, we got each other's back. We're lifting each other up and, um, we win as a team and lose as a team. And, and so I thought that was important too, to address that. And yeah, you don't know how to handle losses if you're not used to doing it. No, it's something I hope we never get used to at, at Rio. Um, you know, there's been a lot of success and losses hurt, man. I, I gotta tell you. I, I've been out of high school a long time. You know, I, I see my Rams lose. Ah, yeah, the SC yeah. loses. Man, when Real Hondo loses, man, my week is just, ah, food doesn't taste as good, Mark. <laughs> I don't sleep as well. I mean, yeah. uh, maybe I'm a lunatic, but I think I speak for a lot of people, the alumni, where you're just grinding your teeth, especially, I can't remember the last time Rio's been blown out. And by blowouts, I mean three or more touchdowns. This is right. uncharted territory. I mean, uh, you know, you run into it sometimes, and – yeah. I remember a poly game for real got blown out. It's very, very rare. Yeah, and I think that's why, ago. right. Yeah. That's why people are disappointed. Yeah. I think because this doesn't happen, but it's good for guys to, to look inward and be like, man, can we do a little bit more? Can we execute a Can we focus yeah. a little bit more? Right. So I think a lot easier to have their attention at film on, on Monday, we come back and, um, you know, when you're, when you're blowing people out and winning easily, everything looks great and all that. But now it's like, all right, guys, so here's what we got to do to get better. This is where we fell short, um, and, and I think, guys, it's a lot of great opportunity for growth to come out of a loss, and that's the goal. And um, hopefully, we do that. No, we could we could break it down here on the podcast and show the fine folks watching, but we're not going to do that. Uh, you know, we like to lift guys up with our with our film stuff here. So um, I, I'm going to ask with a film a game like that. Do you learn from the from the from the film, or is that a, a tape that you just burn? I mean, what's your approach there? No, it's almost the opposite. The games we win, we spend maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes on film tops, but this one will be a lot longer. And because we can um, show the guys, you know, where we fell short and what we're not doing right. Mm -hmm. And um, it's hard to do that when you're, when you're killing people. And so um, there'll be a good opportunity for them to grow and, and it'll be a wake up call for some guys like, Hey dude, you need to, you need to get better. And, and as a coaching staff, Hey, we got to get better at this. We got to uh, have these guys ready to go. A, a few comments I got from 
some alumni, some uh, observers, uh, you know, uh, watching was was related to body language. And again, this is new for these guys, but I think playing the game at Rio, there's a lot of lessons to be learned here, specifically uh, from your film study. But I mean, it, it's tough building character, right? This is a character building a sport. And especially in a tough loss like this, how you carry yourself is so important because like I, we're talking to Josh Taplinger uh, later today on the program. I mean, his boys that he coaches are there at the game watching mm -hmm. the, these little second and third graders that look up to these guys. So they have a responsibility to carry themselves like cares, uh, no matter yeah. what the scoreboard is. Yeah. Um, I didn't think our body language was terrible. I mean, if, if they had come out the second half and and scored on a bunch of big plays and just ran a you know ran away with it, um, but you I think you would notice on, you know defensively we we stuck in there it was you know they were just um, better prepared they moved the ball and, and yeah. our guys I didn't see our guys giving up and even even blocking a PAT you know that's that says that you keep playing, um, but you know I don't know what human being and what alumni would be able to say. You watch any game, you get down, um, you're not, you know, jumping around high-fiving, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you expect? Watch any game on Saturday or Sunday, and and it's it's hard. And uh, so, um, yeah, and you got your friends and family there close by in the stands watching. It's like, uh, it's hard. But, yeah, that's definitely a challenge. That's something that we can we can address, too. But I thought our guys kept playing, and, and um, you know, they didn't want to come out. They didn't want to. Mm -hmm. You know, give me that. So, uh, I, I don't think for one second anyone out there quit on the team, and and yeah. I, I I don't think anyone stopped stopped fighting. I, I did see that fighting spirit going. It just when when you lose by you know three th twenty five points, three or four touchdowns, yeah. you just start you know look every little thing is like wait a minute that guy has his head down. It's like yeah. hey, come on man, this is these are teenage young men that are uh, that are learning how to do this yeah. as they go. You know they don't. So anyway, yeah. just some observations. I mean, when you took this job, Mark, you knew when you get that HC by your name that you have to oh, answer yeah. the criticism. That's a huge responsibility. Yeah, that's, and part of, that's, that's part of the deal. Totally get it. And uh, I always said I'm glad our, our fans, alumni, parents care enough to, to have an opinion. And so if they were just like, oh, whatever, you know, then, then it wouldn't mean as much. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, definitely. I think you learn more in losses sometimes. That's what Sean McVay always says, that we don't have losses, we have lessons, you know, and it's, it's you know, cliche or fancy coach speak, but it really does matter. I can't, I got to imagine every single one of your players uh, went home last night and, and at this, on this weekend, uh, they got a lot of things that they learned that maybe they didn't know uh, going into mm -hmm. that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And, um, Truth be told, when, when you know, if you would have told me we, we would have started seven and zero, I wouldn't. You know, I think a lot of people would have, would have been like, "Oh, really? You're going to start seven and zero next year?" When when we saw what we lost, what we had coming back. Um, so to their credit, the guys have had a good start, but um, I think this one, yeah, hit us all, hit us all right in the face, and um, it's not like you get punched in the mouth. You're going to be wondering man why did that happen and, and let's let's uh, look inside ourselves and see but um have a great opportunity great thing about sports is to bounce back and, and um get after it next week and you know unlike 
other sports where you get to play maybe the next day. Football, you got to stew on it a week, which always is tough. But um, we'll see how they respond Monday with with start of practice and all that. And I, and I have faith in these guys that they're going to be ready to go. Yeah, I have no doubt. Uh, nothing but confidence in in these young men to respond. I mean, that's that's the major word here is res- how do you respond? You know, and so much of what happens in life is not what happens to us; it's how we respond to it. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, e plus R equals O, baby. What's that? I said E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. So yeah, it's how you respond. E I plus like R that. equals O. Yeah. All right. Or, or almost. Yeah. Okay. ERO. Got to remember that. Beautiful. E plus um, R equals o, yeah. So speaking of equations, since you went there with me there. Uh, so what is it looking like as far as the playoffs go? Look at seven and oh, things are great. Woohoo. Everything's wonderful. Looking like going to the playoffs. But if, if we are to lose on Friday, there is a strong possibility that we do not get in the playoffs because we had to place in first or second place in this four team league. Right. Yeah, the only way to guarantee it is first or second in your league. And um, we take care of business on Friday and beat Campbell Hall. We're in. Uh, if not, we're going to be sweating it out uh, till Sunday morning till they, they have the, the draw posted at CIF. And that would be a um, – I would say I'm not the prognosticator with the, with the numbers and Cal Preps and all that. Dave Drain does a great job of that uh, on our staff. Um, but I think he would say it would be like a toss up. It'd be like 50, 50, whether we get in, it, it really depends on, um, where you fall and what division and how many at larges they need. And so how many automatic qualifiers, AQs they already have, and then how many they need. And if you're in that division, the highest ranked team that falls in that division goes. And so last year we were fortunate after, um, losing to Campbell Hall, getting in, um, and this year, um, Hopefully we don't put it in that that spot, but um, yeah, we'd have to see. For sure, and to put it in perspective, sixteen teams general, generally in each bracket in each division, mm-hmm. and of of those sixteen teams in most divisions, um, most of those are uh, automatic qualifiers. You know, someone who placed uh, first yep. or second in a four team league first, second, or third in a five or six team league. Um, there are very few at large spots. So you're really living, leaving it up to a chance at that point. If yeah. if you guys don't take care of business on Friday at Campbell hall. Yeah, it really is up to chance. And yeah, I mean, I say that with all seriousness, it's just a matter of, of almost luck. What, what does work in our favor? Um, they amended what they did last year and that they, they aren't going to let at larges, I think with an under 500 record in. And so being above 500 at or above 500 helps you. Mm-hmm. And so that could eliminate a few teams that might be ranked higher, but not have a 500 record, uh, if that makes sense. So a, a team, um, let's say uh, a really good a team in a really good league that because of their strength of schedule or whatnot is four and six, they aren't gonna get in. And so um, being above 500 definitely helps. Yeah, well, for all intents and purposes, I think uh, it, the, the staff, uh, the fans, uh, all the alumni, I mean, we have to treat this game on Friday like it is a playoff game because mm-hmm. it, it pretty much is. I mean, it win yep. and you're in. Win in yep. advance, we'll say. Yeah. It, we, if we, you lose, who knows? You control, yeah, you control, we control our destiny, and that's, you know, a great spot to be in. Um, and, you know, the funny way, yeah. So I think we're good. As far as an outlook, you know, we know what we have to do. There's no confusion or 
There's no worry about a three-way tie, coin toss, which had we beat Brentwood and then lost the Campbell Hall, then there would have been, which would have been weird. Um, it's very straightforward. The winner goes. Um, yeah, and Campbell Hall is going to present a, a great challenge. They're, they're a good team. They're eight and one. You know, they've only lost one game. So, and that one game was to the Brentwood Eagles by a very similar score that uh, that you guys were beaten by. They lost to uh, Brentwood thirty-five to seven last week. Uh, Brentwood was up twenty-one nothing at halftime. A, a surprising score last week, but after seeing Brentwood, now I totally get it. I know that uh, Brentwood is is the top dog for sure. Um, you've seen Campbell Hall in that game against Brentwood. What can you tell me about them? What are your concerns? Uh, what do you think we're up against? Um, good size, um, really good running back, number 32. I think he's committed to uh, University of Washington. Um, and their best, probably their best player, um, he didn't play against Brentwood. Um, he's, he's a big dude, uh, defensive lineman, uh, played some fullback for them, tight end. And so um, he was out with COVID, I guess. And so he didn't play. And um, so we're gonna have to deal with him, but um, we're gonna have a good game plan there. Their offense is, I think, um, more run-based, or I know more run-based than, than Brentwood, who likes a little more balance. And so uh, preparing to stop the run, they thought we did a pretty good job of against Brentwood. Um, and that'll be the game plan to really stop 32, who's their, their stud at running back. 32 is uh, the bulk of their carries. I know they put the ball in the air a lot more last year in that victory yeah. over us at Care Park. And uh, as far as their their best uh, their their best player, you were saying, sounds very similar to Ryan McCullough, a defensive end, fullback kind of guy. Yeah, that kind of guy, that kind of body, big dude. And so, yeah. Um, not as good as Ryan, I don't think, but but a really good player nonetheless. Um, I believe he's an Air Force commit. So they got some dudes. So multiple uh, D1 players uh, going into this game. You know what, Mark? In some ways, I wouldn't have it any other way. to be. Well, it'd be nice to have a win and to have every everyone yeah. healthy and everyone firing on all cylinders. But sometimes a real, you know what? Uh, hey, let's your back's against yeah. the wall. Let's go, you know? Yeah, a little adversity. And had we won... We were probably still in the same situation where we had to win this game to guarantee it, because if if we lost this game, having beat Brentwood, it'd be a three-way tie, and then you're leaving it up again to chance um, to break the tie in the league. So uh, we're pretty much in the spot we thought we'd be in, whether we won or lost. Well, not to get too sentimental, but it was the magical year of 2005 where Real Hondo Prep went on a tear, got all the way to the finals. Uh, faced off against a Campbell Hall squad there at Birmingham High School, which was their home mm -hmm. field at the time. And Real Hondo won that game 10-7, to an incredible team uh, a team win, of course, playing a, a squad in Campbell Hall that night that had some Division One talent on that team and mm -hmm. may have been the better team, but not that night. Real Hondo came away victorious for the school's first 11-man championship back in 05. Yeah, great night, great memories. Every time I... Uh drive that way coming back um from the, from the west part of town it, it, it uh it always brings back that memory and uh awesome game with with an awesome team that year and yeah i mean on paper right they're a better team but um that's why football is so special you can counteract that doing certain things well and i think i believe that night we uh won the turnover battle five to nothing and uh barely enough to win the game ten to seven but um stuff like that you can do, do stuff like that and you can win so um 
that's what that's you know that's the kind of performances we're known for and that our guys come up big when they have to and and uh I have no doubt we're gonna play well Friday Campbell Hall was also one of the first 11-man opponents Rio had. We were eight-man still at the time in the 90s, playing a few experimental games. Uh, I think Jacob Blake had like six touchdowns or something, uh, you know, but that was Campbell Hall. There's a little history here. And, Mark, you and I used to go to games a lot together, right, Uh, Mm -hmm. when I was in high school and just looking forward to playing on a big stage someday. You and I went, I think it was after my junior year, uh, we had just won the eight-man championship. We went to – uh Birmingham High School to watch Campbell Hall who was really good in the semifinals uh they were playing Mammoth High School I remember that, Beat them yeah. that night remember this that they, they yeah. drove all the way down uh we somehow got our way up into the the press box up high Mammoth yeah. High School was doing like some TV production they started talking to us oh we have the eight man uh, champions here blah 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 <laughs> and you had told me this kid DJ Washington was was Campbell Hall's best player. We looked down, and there's his dad, Denzel Washington, with yep. Jim Brown. I don't know why I remember yeah. these things. I just do. Yeah. That was a fun time. Yeah, crazy. And, uh, yeah, so Campbell Hall, they have a good history of a uh, lot of good players um, where they're located and the um, the type of school they are, a very high academic school. They attract, you know, um, a celebrity um families too and so that's kind of fun i don't think they have anyone like that that you would know of on their team now but uh maybe in the stands or uh, around and so that's kind of fun fun to play a school like that and uh but yeah great tradition they've had a lot of good teams a lot of good players last year was probably talking to the brentwood coach jake ford last night he thinks that was probably their best team of all time their team last year which was i would probably agree having seen them for 20 years and um yeah they went 10 and 0 win the league and then go up and have to play uh, a first round game in division six at Santa Barbara and get blown out. But uh, that's just a weird thing that we have in CIF right now. So. Oh, sounds very fair. Sounds like this equity thing's really, really working out. Uh, you know, it, just, it, it drives me crazy, yeah. but w- that's a whole nother podcast. Um, that's another podcast. Co- Coach Ford uh, with Brentwood. He's been there a couple of years now. I got to tell you, Mark, I was impressed with his coaching staff, with his team, their effort, uh, Brentwood has the right guy for the job there. And you guys were talking before the game a little bit. I mean, uh, I, you don't want to get beat, but, but by a guy like that, you're just kind of like, wow, he, he's really put the work in. Yeah. He's put the work in to build that program. Uh, they're doing it the right way. They have a middle school program that's going they have a JV program. And, um, yeah, Jake's a great dude, uh, become a friend now and, um, really happy for him and what he's building it. And they're going to be, um, a tough opponent from here on out, looks like. I mean, their their team this year is almost all juniors. And so I think they had five seniors who played. So um, we're going to have a handful of them moving forward. So, uh, yeah, I texted them after the game. Congratulations, obviously, in the handshake, but just another text. Just congratulations on the league title and, and uh, doing a great job last night, obviously. Mm-hmm. What's cool about playing a school like Brentwood is there's there's a history there. You know, going back to the eight man days, uh, these the schools yep. that now have evolved and and uh, I have much more respect for a program like Brentwood that has got to eleven man, established himself, than to some of these other the Flint Ridge, the Grace Brethren going back to eight man. I mean, come on, what yeah. what a joke! So uh, probably well, get me started on those schools, oh. yeah. Oh, they yeah. don't enough guys. Oh, we don't. We only got twenty five guys. Okay, get, yeah. get in line. Weak, yeah. weak. Yeah. I hate that stuff. Um, uh, Mark, I'm going to have, uh, two guys on the program, 
uh, today. I've actually already re recorded with both of them, but uh, just wanted to give you give you uh, some words mm -hmm. on them. Uh, first of all, Josh Taflinger, I was I was really impressed with that young man chatting with him for a few minutes. Um, really well spoken. Um, really. I don't know how to sum it up. He's the type of guy you want at Real Hondo. I guess that's that's the easiest way for me to explain my interaction with him. Yeah, Taffling is a great guy, having a great season, by the way, but really mature, mm. um, a mature young man and has a um, a soft heart, but he plays hard, you know, and, and he's he, he's a, a guy that we love having on our, on our campus, love having in our locker room. Um, Great team guy, would do anything for his teammates and turn into a really good football player, uh, playing O-line and linebacker for us. Um, tough, hard-nosed, you know, never see that guy off the field because uh, he's about it. Great worker in the weight room. Um, and then you mentioned it too. He's uh, an assistant coach out in Upland where, where he lives and grew up. And so um, does a great job with that as well. And so just all around awesome dude. Well, his boys were at the game last night, and yeah. it can't be easy to uh, to put a smile on your face after a tough loss mm -hmm. like that. But again, uh, one of the added responsibilities of real Hondo athletes is is that. And yeah. those kids were there to see him. They took a picture. He had a big smile on his face. So uh, props to Josh. And, and again, just one of many types of great kids that we have uh, on the football program. Yeah, I love seeing those those kids out there. Anytime the care kids come with their team is awesome. And uh you know, I am the future always, you know, uh, building, building up um, the RHP brand and, and hopefully some of those kids will come to our school eventually. And then, and Josh is a big part of that, you know, them and being a great role model, um, which a lot of our guys, they take that seriously. You know, they take the, the role model aspect seriously. And I think it helps our kids mature and, and have a different outlook than, than the, most kids would even, um, even other kids who are, are great at playing the high school programs. Our kids get a chance to, um, step into that role model role and learn to serve and lead. And I think it's, it's a really cool thing about our school. Definitely. And one of the alumni who, uh, who, who's uh, coming on the program today to, to uh, get us around third uh, is uh, Charles Quintero, uh, quite, quite the athlete athlete back in the day, mm -hmm. two, two way uh, player, of course, like all real guys, but he must've been an exciting guy to coach back in the day. Man, Charles, one of the toughest guys I've ever coached and um, fast, explosive. Uh, I remember a play against um, Brentwood. Um, we were playing them at home, and they were going in to score. And, and just to tell you what kind of athlete Charles is, um, we had a blitz designed just for him where he times it up as free safety and jumps over the line. Um, and he did it, timed it perfectly. And when it's on the one inch line, it's like, who cares? You go off sides, they get another half inch penalty. Timed it perfectly. And as the QB was going back to hand the ball off to the fullback, he grabbed him, grabbed the ball, stripped it, and went down. And there's not any, you know, very few guys can make a play like that. Uh, but that play, when I think of Charles, it always pops out. Um, and that was a close game, big play. We went on to, to drive, drive the length of the field, I think score, and then win the game. Um, that's just kind of the dynamic player Charles was and and uh, playmaker on offense and defense. So fun to watch and a great guy doing really well in his career and all that. So very happy for him. Yeah, some some big timer in the uh, airline industry, which I'll let you know, I'll let him tell you all yeah. the guys all about. But yeah. huge smile on his face all the time. And uh, you, you wouldn't know it. he's one of those real Hondo guys, Mark, that has this nice, nice smile. You talked about Josh having a, a kind heart, yeah. but 
I tell you, you put a helmet on some of these people, there's a transition. There's a yeah. switch where guys turn into animals. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's it. like, yeah, yeah, Jekyll and Hyde, you know? They, yeah. Whip it, they, go, they go dark, man. And it's like, <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool. And it's what you need to play football. You can't, you can't, you can't prance around out there. You got to go be aggressive, hit, be physical. So that's right. Um, it's funny, uh, Mr. Drain, who's, who's been doing our club meetings during football, um, he mentioned the podcast, Charge Geek Podcast. And uh, oh, man, every guy, every alumni who comes on, they almost all have, they all say the same thing. Um, and they talk about just the, the friendship, the brotherhood, the bond of playing with your guys and how that's a common theme in almost every one of your alumni broadcasts. And so he was, he was paralleling that to David and Jonathan, a story we were going over in club meeting. And, and uh, I just thought that you would like to hear that, that, that he complimented you and, and all the alumni who come on and how I think it's just so cool that, that, that kind of, it's all in our blood, you know, and that, that common theme is, is uh, echoed throughout the, throughout the generations and all the different players. Yeah. That's, hey man, all I do is push play on this thing most of the time. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. we get talking and it is what it is. So uh, I appreciate that. And no, it's been fun to unite the alumni to get people more involved and to care more. And then, you know, you have a game like last night and everyone, everyone's mad. The phone was ringing off the hook, Mark, all the angry, you know, <laughs> coach, what yeah. happened? Coach Carson, you know, how could you yeah. anyway? Hey, that's responsibility. Uh, no, no fire uh, Co coach Helton kind of, uh, remarks or anything i'm just saying i'm just kidding but uh fun yeah. stuff yeah it's good stuff and yeah we like the passion so the week of practice we haven't really talked about this but your week of of practice generally monday is uh are you guys even on the field it's just pretty much all film on monday film run and lift and okay. then um yeah in pads tuesday wednesday and then um lift wednesday after school practice wednesday night and then uh, shorts and T-shirts Thursday, then game time, showtime Friday. Walked in. Yeah, team dinner, all that good stuff. Well, uh, well, on to next week, on to, uh, on to Campbell Hall, playoff game this Friday. Unfortunately, our, our young ladies lost on Thursday to mm, Riverside yeah. and Pauly in a tough uh, match, three to one. They, they stormed back in game three, looked like they were going to uh, have a big upset. But uh, did, did you get to watch that game by chance? Yeah, we had a JV game, so I was there, but I got to watch a little on the um, NFHS app, and so I saw the last part, and I was getting updates from people who were there. Yeah, it sounds like our girls uh, made us all proud, and um, yeah, it, it, their, their format in CIF is kind of similar, where you get placed by strength, not enrollment <laughs> size, and so playing, I don't know how big Riverside Poly is, but playing a school that size is, is a tall order, um, yeah. but yeah, it is what it is. Hey, tough times, but nothing, nothing we can't get through. At least we're not the Dodgers, right, Mark? I mean, we still got a season yeah. left, right? Yeah, Let's we're still go. playing. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and, and the girls played great and had a great season. A lot to be proud of. Yeah, don't get me started on the Dodgers. <laughs> I hear you. Well, hey, man, have a great uh, week. Get some sleep. Get some sleep. And, uh, well, I know you're going to have a great game plan. The coaches, the players will be fired up, and uh, we will be there with full coverage as usual out there in Van Nuys the, the, on campus stadium, right? This is new for Campbell Hall, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They did a um, pretty good job. They turfed the entire uh, grass area that used to be baseball and football. And so you play baseball there too, but they have bleachers on the baseball infield, kind of like our old setup. And uh, that's what the big giant bleacher for home and away is. Um, and, but yeah, right there on campus. So not really too bad if you, 
uh, and get out there. Hopefully there won't be traffic. But. Absolutely. Week 10 is finally here. The season has flown by. We want it to keep going. So we will, uh, we'll be out there on Friday with full coverage and uh, can't wait, Mark. Just, just can't, I know you got a lot, you're busy week ahead, but can't wait to uh, kick this thing off and Hey, the playoffs start this Friday, man. Yep. We're excited. Let's get it going. Re, re, uh, what's it? Respond and recover. And, uh, I got nothing but faith in you guys. We'll <laughs> see you Friday, Mark. Thanks, Matt. Thanks again, Mark Carson, for jumping on the podcast here. The first time we've had to chat after a loss, a rather difficult one, to say the least. Uh, you know, when Mark took the reins uh, and decided to do this podcast with me, um, he knew that occasionally there'd be a time when he'd have to come on here and talk about his team's performance. And I, I know he's up for the challenge. I appreciate him doing this every week with me. Um, win or lose, much like the alma mater, man, we are going to sing the alma mater proudly at the end of football games. And we're also going to come on here on the podcast and uh, maybe take our medicine a little bit, take our lumps. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of sports is, is competing. And like Mark said, half the teams in America lose every Friday night. And Rio is uh, not on that side of the coin very, very often. So I know they will uh, recover from this and uh, give us great effort um, moving forward. And no, you know, I was a kid once in, in high school playing and you never wanted to hear that. Hey, you, you lost, but man, great job. Way, way to represent me. It, it never felt good. So I don't want to sugarcoat it too much, but at the same time, we do want to let the kids know that they have, uh, their effort has been noticed and mistakes have been made. That happens. You know, guys are, are learning as they go here. And uh, I'm just proud of the effort from Rio. And I know that it's going to, uh, be at its utmost highest on this Friday for uh, a, a redemption game, really, in going and responding to maybe some of the criticism that they've received this week after the loss at Brentwood. So um, that's, again, great opportunity for the kids at Rio Hondo and the coaches and uh, for the alumni. And, and it, this is this is a moment for the fans to really rally as well because it's, it's really easy to cheer for a team when everything's going perfect. But uh, when your team starts to go sideways a little bit, um, you know, how, how do you respond? You want them to respond and, and play better, right? Well, we as fans and alumni, we got to pull it together. We got to maybe get to a game. We didn't think we'd, we, we could get to, we need to tune in on a Friday night on an NFHS network. We need to do what we can as well. Let the boys know that we support them and uh, look at Rio Hondo has high standards. I, I don't like when the team loses. I don't like seeing mistakes. I get angry. Uh, even there on the sideline, I, I try, I bottle it up sometimes, but, but, um, you know, it's the nature of the of the beast, really, and I'm happy that the standards are high at Rio, and that um, losing is is not something that that happens often. So I'm confident in the guys moving forward. I really, really am, and I know they're going to work harder than ever this week because um, they're up against it, and the only way to go is forward. Uh, one of those guys who's leading that charge and will be a prime example of relentless effort is Josh Taflinger, the junior offensive lineman and linebacker. Um, he, he's in the middle of everything, always making tackles and, uh, very good at his offensive line position. Somebody that got thrown in there that wasn't expecting to be an offensive lineman, but he has matured, not just physically, but as a young man, I mean, you're going to hear from this guy, somebody that is incredibly well-spoken. I think it's a tribute to uh, his great family. The Tafflinger family is always among the first liking my videos and giving comments and things. I get to uh, meet them again. Uh, a time or two um, th throughout this season. And it's been a blessing for me 
to meet the parents of these guys throughout the year, because this is just something, you know, everyone tells me, thank you, but really I need to thank them for uh, giving me access to the program and to being able to chat with their kids. I mean, it, the honor and the privilege is really all mine. So to all the families out there, especially the taplingers appreciate uh, the kind words, but, but really this is uh, the, the privilege is all mine. I am motivated. I'm inspired by these young men and uh, uplifted by, by the coaching staff as well. It's so fun to be a part of something where we're all pulling together and we're all pulling that rope together and we feel each other's pains. We feel uh, the success together. And um, you know, you, you can't, you can't win them all. It, it makes the victory sweeter when you go through a little bit of struggle. So anyway, let's now get to Josh Tafflinger, uh, an exceptional young man, a true leader on this team, someone that has really found his place in the Rio Hondo football program. I'm excited for his senior year, but he's still got a junior uh, season left here the next few weeks. Very excited uh, for, for his uh, final few games here uh, as a uh, full-time starter on varsity after uh, playing sparingly as a sophomore on special teams and such the past few years. And of course the COVID season, uh, his freshman year. So let's not waste any more time. Let's bring on junior lineman and linebacker, Josh Tafflinger. Okay. I'm now joined by junior offensive lineman and middle linebacker, Josh Tafflinger. He wears number 55, usually out there on Friday nights for the cares. And then occasionally he'll throw on number 21 when he, when he gets to play some tight end as well. What's going on, Josh? How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm doing really well, uh, Josh. You know, we're recording a day after uh, a rather tough loss for you guys on uh, Friday against the Brentwood Eagles. Um, you know, they really took it to you guys and it was the first real, I think, First time a team really pushed you guys around a little bit, unfortunately. I, I know that you guys are going to respond and move forward. But if you if you could just talk about the game briefly Friday night. Um, we all saw the score. We know what happened. But from someone who was on the field, um, what, what was it like on Friday night against Brentwood? I think we played really good all year. Uh, last night was definitely a challenge. It was really good for us. Uh, it was a hard team. Uh, really give them a thumbs up. They were pretty good, but uh, we only move on and learn from our mistakes and we grow through the pain. Amen to that. Well said, Josh. Yeah, it's, it's nice. You know, it hurts, but I'll tell you, it's good to see adversity sometimes um, to be pushed, pushed back and be like, okay, you know, you could be on cruise control, dominating teams. And then someone kind of hits you in the mouth. And you're like, Whoa, where'd that, where'd that swing come from? So uh, you guys have a big game next week against Campbell Hall, basically a playoff game. Um, how, how after the game last night, how were the guys? I got to assume disappointed, but are the guys ready for the challenge for next week? They were all uh, upset, sad. Uh, we felt really bad for Armando. But, yeah, we were ready for next week. We're going to come back and show him his boss. There you go. I like the attitude. Uh, hey, sometimes when someone doesn't think you're supposed to win, makes a victory – or, uh, you know, success even better. So uh, we'll see what happens next week. Hopefully you guys have a great week of practice and, uh, you know, uh, just work hard and, and keep doing what you guys have been doing all year. You guys have been really fun to watch this year, Josh. Um, you were a guy talking to me off the air that, you know, you didn't play a whole lot of football in high school, specifically your your freshman year because of the whole COVID-shortened season. You played a lot on special teams last year uh, with the, the team of 2021, but what has this season meant to you, being a, a two-way starter, both sides of the ball? I mean, coming into this season, you really kicked things off 
with uh, the start of the season, that big interception at the at the uh, the start of the season against El Monte. I mean, talk to me about what the uh, this season has has been meant for you so far. This is a season I've really enjoyed compared to the other seasons. Uh, I'm a baseball guy, so football isn't my best sport or favorite sport. But this year, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think like just growing. We have that new weight room that helps. Being able to hit guys instead of being hit, that helps a lot. But I love the leadership that comes along with it. I love the guys below us, uh, the type of brotherhood we have, and just the leaders our upperclassmen could be to lower guys. Being on that team last year that had so much success and, and beat Charter Oak in the playoff game and an incredible senior class, was that motivating for a guy like you as a sophomore and the guys even below you to be like, okay, they're handing us the baton. They're handing us the keys to this program now as we go into varsity. Uh, did you feel that kind of responsibility going into the season? Yes, sir, definitely. Uh, it's kind of a big load to carry, but I was up to the challenge. Uh, coming into this year, a lot of people thought this was going to be like a growing year. Uh, I think we've definitely grown up a lot this year. We're going to be better next year, but this has been a good year. I think not as much as a growing year or a week year that everyone else thought we would have. Well, I mean, it's been in large part to the youth of your team. I mean, throughout the season, we've almost forgot, oh, this team has a lot of freshmen on it. There's not many seniors. There's only a couple of juniors as well. So two small uh, upperclassmen classes, but you almost wouldn't know it sometimes throughout the season. Um, looking up at that senior class, there's only four guys that play football, uh, Ryan, Cody, Anthony, Zane. I mean, what have you learned from those guys? Do you see it kind of in their eyes that, hey, this is this is their final year of real football? Yeah, I do see that, and that just makes us want to put in more work for them. Yeah, that's 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 it's a great point. I mean, I remember as you start high school, you're kind of like, oh man, senior year—that's a long ways away. But I mean, before you know it, Josh, you guys are going to be seniors. You still got a, a lot of football left this season, but man, next year, uh, it, it's it, man. It's it's your final season. Does it does it worry you? Is it scare you? Or I mean, it's an exciting time, but still, when you become a senior at Rio Hondo, that's really when it's like, all right, man, this is all on me. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting time. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy how fast high school's gone so far. It's scary, but I'm ready. Yeah. I love has, it gone, has it gone fast because at Rio Hondo, they keep you really busy? You, you got, you know, some type of musical uh, class. You got uh, all these other classes and sports nonstop. I mean, does it go fast, you think, because you guys are so busy coaching boys and everything too? It's a healthy busy, I think. Uh, keeps us on track, keeps us like accountable for each other. Uh, the coaches help a lot, a lot with that. Great stuff. Talk to me about your classmates. Uh, again, a very small group of guys uh, in the junior class. You, Colby, uh, Colby Johnson, Armando Carbajal, uh, uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew Brewer, and Alex Mustaine, two transfer guys uh, that kind of help boost the numbers in your class. Talk to me about uh, the class of – 2024 i think at one point my class when they're in like in fourth grade they're only like two guys and there are the girls so it's crazy how much our class has kind of grown it's kind of funny but yeah i've played with armando on the falcons since we we're second grade so yeah we're close we played against colby he was a he was a bulldog so we we have fun stories that we talk to each other about different sides of the story too it's pretty fun <laughs> 
That's and, that's what it's all about. You started Care Youth in in Upland, and when Care expanded to Upland years ago, uh, that was that was kind of something uh, on the a thought afterwards too. Is like, well, maybe we'll get more kids from out in this way to come out to Rio. And I always thought, man, that's way too far to go to Rio. But you, Armando, and plenty of other guys ha have done that. What, what's the commute like, man? Going from Upland to Rio Hondo every day. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, thankfully, I have a good car that has some good gas mileage, but it's tough. Like checking the traffic every single morning normally takes around an hour with traffic. Uh, just depends on the day. It's tough. See, that's a commitment, man, not just from you, but I mean, those wonderful parents of yours as well. I mean, to to commute, to make that kind of commute to Real Hondo means you guys must really love the programs and the opportunity that the school uh, the school has for you. I love Rio. It's an amazing school. Yeah. Happy to hear. Well, when you started in Care Youth League, you, you and Armando were teammates. What what did what were your memories of, of Care Youth League and Upland? It, it was still pretty new, I think, back then. Uh, second grade, you said. Who were some of your coaches? What what were those memories like? So coming in second grade, my coach was Coach Carlos. After that, I had uh, Coach Dave Carson, and then Coach Murphy and Coach Shintaku. All amazing coaches. Oh man, some amazing men right there. And I was coached by uh, Mr. Murphy and Shitaku as well. Uh, you just uh, incredible, incredible men as examples for sure. And you were telling me, Josh, you were in care for a few years and then you moved to Colorado uh, actually, and then are, are now back, of course. Talk to me uh, about that. You guys uh, went to Colorado and came back. Uh, was that tough kind of leaving, leaving home? It was tough, but I think it was good. We had some friends out in Colorado that we were very close to, uh, but we needed family. So we just came back and it's good. It's different, but it's good. God, it was a little cold over there, right? I mean, come on. Old. I like the cold though. So it was nice. Oh, dude. <laughs> okay. Awesome, man. Not, not me. I, hey, it gets, it gets too, I don't like being hot either, but you know, you got to find that, that just right temp. So um, going to Rio, you know, that's, that's a decision families and, and, and kids make you know, it's not for everybody, but for you, you sound like you're someone who who really enjoyed it. What 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 went into the decision as a family to to go attend Rio Hondo? Because it was it was it different than other schools like you had been in before? Yeah. So from like preschool to fourth grade, I was in public school. Uh, it was big class sizes. Didn't really get that close to anybody. Uh, and then I was homeschooled from fourth grade to eighth grade. So just like shadowing at different schools like Western Christian and Rio Hondo, you, you could feel how close everyone was at Rio Hondo and the small class sizes made it like uh, you were super close to the teachers. Everybody knew each other. I love that feeling. So it really drew me close to Rio. So you went basically from homeschool in Colorado to back to California and pretty much immediately right into Rio, Rio Hondo prep with, with, with that eighth grade year. You were kind of, uh, you know, maybe not all the way in yet, but that's kind of how it went down. Pretty much, yeah, I was homeschooled uh, eighth grade year, but that's when I shadowed and had it in my mind that I was going to Rio. Oh, that's cool, man. That That's that's a unique uh, a, a unique path, I should say, to get to Rio. You know, we're seeing uh, some more transfers and things now, like we mentioned Alex and and uh, and Matthew, of course. But to go, you, you have an interesting uh, journey thus far, Josh, and I think that's something, um, you know, people w would find rather interesting. Uh, you say you love Rio, you love the school. What are some things you you have loved about it that have I don't know if you had to to sell it to to a, a younger 
version of Josh Taplinger. Uh, you know, what, what is it that gets you going to get you in the car to drive an hour every day and, and makes you happy to be a part of the great institution? So the coaches are a huge part. Uh, the coaches not only want to like help you be better at sports, they want to be in your life, uh, give you good advice. They're there for you. If you ever need any help, the, the teachers are the same exact way. Like I could text any one of them if I ever need help. Uh, get on a Zoom call with them after hours, and they can help me study. It's just an amazing community. Everybody's super close and so nice. It's just a warm community. I think I saw a picture of you on Instagram, uh, the Real Hondo Prep page. It looked like you were doing some kind of science experiment up there in the science lab. I mean, were you being safe or just trying out uh, a few different things? Or who who was teaching that class, by the way? So uh, for biology, we have Mrs. Deemers and also for chemistry. So this year I'm taking chemistry at Mrs. Deemers. I think I don't know which lab you saw. Was it the one with the flame? The flame, yeah. Yeah. So with that one, we were testing uh, different chemicals and seeing how they change the color of the fire. So that was pretty cool. I was also partnering with Armando. Oh, also. sweet. Yeah. So Mrs. Deemers, the back uh, before she was married, she was Ginger Lunny. And we were one of her first classes uh, as she came in and started teaching chemistry and biology. Mrs. Dowd had done it forever and Ginger had just started. And so we were kind of her guinea pigs. Did she tell you the story where I almost, uh, she, she has to warn all the students now because me being a dummy, I took a huge whiff of like pneumonia and almost passed out in the class. And she's like, I didn't say to do that. She was like, just a little bit. Yes. Yeah, and she teaches us to like, <laughs> let it just, yeah, that's funny. She told yeah. Me Hilarious you said story. that? Yeah, she told us a bunch of hilarious stories about the past and different <laughs> and some funny, pretty things in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, some of those things, we'll just keep those in the science lab yeah. for sure. <laughs> but she's a wonderful teacher. She's a great example of just the type of attitude of all the teachers that are there. Uh, so, yeah, glad to hear she's uh, she's still doing uh, great things there. Uh, Josh, your boys were at the game. And by your boys, the, the team that you coach. Um, look like um, the Falcons, which is what you you played on. So I don't know all the Upland teams, but how old were those kids? There looked to be at least 10 of them there on an outing to watch Coach Josh out there playing. Um, what was that like, seeing those guys that that you coached throughout the week, uh, kind of watching your every move with, you know, with big wide eyes? It was really big for me, like really important. Uh, like coaching them, I could say like, teach them how to do something but I think them seeing me play and watching like me do the certain things I'm trying to teach them helps them learn but also having those little eyes on me uh, really hits me hard like I'm their example uh, I love that I love those boys uh, yeah I'm really close to them it was huge having them on the sideline I heard them chanting I just was smiling every single play that's what it's all about, man. I mean, you were a young Falcon uh, player at one time. Did you ever go to a real Hondo game and, and see them out there and be like, man, these guys are larger than life? Yeah, I have gone to a couple of real Hondo games when I was little. And then the different football camps that we put on, mm -hmm. I saw little shirts and pictures. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's a cycle, man. Um, you know, you go from being those kids to being the high school uh, guys who they're looking up to and then you become the old men like us uh, but that's a ways away do you think as a high school guy uh you know with those kids watching you do you feel that responsibility 
you know, kind of, you know, when those boys are watching your every move that it's up to you to not only play hard, but to play clean, to, to carry yourself the right way. Not that you would ever not do those things, but do you feel kind of that added responsibility uh, when those kids are looking up to you? Right. You definitely have to lead by example uh, for those little eyes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, Again, it's something that's very unique to real football. Uh, you know, some guys may volunteer at camps at other schools or something, but when you're coaching those kids, uh, you know, throughout the year, that is something that, um, again, stands out. And it's it, it puts in the mind, I think, of high school guys like yourself that, hey, you're being coached by your coaches. Uh, and, and so when you maybe have frustrations with the little guys, you kind of maybe can understand, right, that, that give and take of what it's like to instruct and receive instruction too, right? Right. Yeah. It makes us coachable. Coachable. That's so, that's so important. And talk to me about some of your coaches. I mean, uh, head coach, Mark Carson, you know, he, he, he has taken this program by the reins and done a fantastic job with it. AJ Corsini, a fiery guy, Randy Johnson running the offense, uh, the drain brothers, JT Parker. I mean, you guys have a tremendous coaching staff. Uh, any, any thoughts on, on the coach? You've mentioned the coaches in general as a staff, but has, has there any, any specific stories or, or coaches individually that uh, you want to say a few words about? Randy Johnson is an amazing offensive coordinator. Uh, his intelligence for football is crazy. Like the way he just understands, like he can have a play in his mind and just visualizes it and he knows what to say. It's really crazy. I don't know if I'll ever be able to just <laughs> like that football-wise. And... Oh, we froze. Sorry, we froze there for a second. Uh, Josh, uh, you were talking about uh, offensive coordinator Randy Johnson and him being able to kind of visualize uh, everything in his mind and not being able to kind of catch up to him sometimes. Yeah, he is an amazing coach. The way he explains it helps us learn very easily. So uh, it makes the offense very understandable. But his way of just visualizing the, visualizing the plays is pretty awesome. And then we have a uh, head coach, Mr. Carson. He's an awesome guy. Uh, He's not only like our coach, he's like our mentor. And yeah, this is an amazing, great example to us. I, I'm I'm down there on the sidelines and I hear these coaches. Uh, some of them are more quiet than others. Some of them are more fiery than others. I mean, is it interesting kind of having different approaches? You know, you, I think sometimes you need to be yelled at and sometimes you also got to be shown something quietly. So do you kind of get a good balance from the coaching staff in that? Yeah, I think the balance is perfect. Like, the certain coaches that are super fiery and then you can go to another coach and he'll explain it to you. I think it's a good mix and balance. Oh, definitely. And so being linebacker on defense, uh, you know, uh, being in the middle of everything, I mean, you, you kind of, you, you love flying to the ball. I, I see you working hard there. Uh, you know, you and Anthony, Noah Penaneri has really looked great as a, as a linebacker, not just running the ball. Um, what's it been like playing, of course, and then behind Ryan McCullough, who's, who's a rock star himself, but, Kind of your linebacking core. I mean, uh, you guys have got a special group there that kind of fly all over, and it doesn't seem like anybody cares who gets the credit. What's it like playing defense for Real Hondo? Uh, I think I enjoy defense the most in football, especially this year. So our three middle linebackers is uh, Rain Pollock, uh, me, and then Noah, and occasionally Nate. They switch off. Uh, having Rain there and Noah there, those young guys, uh, again, like leadership-wise, they don't sometimes they don't fully understand some some of the calls or like if they can't hear coach i love just relaying to them and like explaining things to them uh both two amazing great guys yeah 
Well, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves talking next year too much, but you got to feel great about the future with these freshmen who've really stepped up this year. Rain Pollock has had an amazing season. I mean, you mentioned two guys there, Noah Penn and Mary. These are two freshmen playing the linebacker position. It's hard enough being on the football field as a freshman, let alone play those positions. And then amazing contributions from Elijah Gavia, uh, Colosio Chico out there. Uh, Tyler Dangs looks good. I mean, these guys have really stepped up. I think, uh, you know, we're going to lose some quality seniors next year, but you got to be excited about next year. Have, have these guys having a full year of varsity under their belt? Yeah, we're definitely going to be losing some great seniors, but I think that we're going to be pretty good next year. Uh, the class that came in just showed everyone up, and I think just really put some faith in them. Yeah, I love those guys. Absolutely, man. Well, and then finally, offensively, uh, Josh, you're a guy. I consider pretty selfless. You know, you're a pretty good tight end, but you also uh, fill the void there on the offensive line. You know, sometimes at Rio, you got to play positions that maybe you don't love, but I think you've done a great job on the offensive line, uh, pulling around or getting to the second level, working there with Colby and uh, Elijah usually. Um, you know, you've gotten some tight end work, but I think the majority of your snaps have been on the offensive line. Uh, what, what do you what do you take from, from uh, putting your hand in the ground every play and going to hit somebody? So in the beginning of last season, they kind of had me like going in with a uh, O line. I was like, oh line, really? Like I'm I'm like this wimpy little kid. I'm <laughs> O-line. And then uh I think I just learned to love it. Uh like at the beginning of this year, I was like, okay, I'm a little bit bigger, we'll see what happens. And then just the group of guys there, uh big guys. Like I I'm probably one of the smaller ones kind of compared to like Wayne <laughs> Elijah. But I think it's good just not just playing for myself, but playing for the brothers next to me. Just knowing yep. if I'm doing my job, then they're gonna be upset. So I do my job. There you go. Absolutely, man. Hey, hey, you're not you're not a wimpy kid. Probably ever. You probably never were, but you're not definitely not anymore. You put on uh, some some great muscle there in the weight room. Uh, you're a guy much like Anthony. I, I heard you know who really uh, enjoyed and embraced that weight room. Uh, hit it, you know, all all spring and summer, and it's really paid paid dividends. You guys happy to have that team room weight room there uh, at your to have anytime you want? Yeah, it's easy access. We love it. We're always in there after school or after practice. Just oh, some place where we can all just connect, even if like we're playing JV or different sports in the spring or whatever. It's just where we connect. Nice man. Well, Josh, I appreciate you talking with me. You guys have uh, one more game in the regular season left. I know. You guys are up against it. There's some adversity, but I got to tell you, I, I think you guys are up for the challenge. Um, you're you're a group of guys that hasn't given any excuses. You've you've stepped on the field and played hard, and you've made the alumni very proud of you guys. So keep doing that. Keep striving. Fight every play, every inch. And uh, you guys do that, then uh, you got nothing but alumni love and pride for you guys. So keep it up. Finish this season strong. Whenever it ends, we got faith you guys are going to roll into the playoffs and make a good run. So thanks for joining me today, Josh. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Go get him. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you, Josh Tafflinger, for joining the podcast and also for the great effort you give week in and week out on the field, uh, preparing for games, uh, leading uh, young men, uh, little boys there at the Care Youth League in Upland, and just being a, a shining example of uh, one of the many types of students we have at Rio Hondo Prep, commuting an hour every day. Uh, 
uh, two hours round trip. I mean, uh, he, Josh does that. Armando does that. I mean, there's are guys that are very committed to the football program and the school in general. And I know the Tafflinger family, I believe they're affiliated with the fellowship of Christian athletes. I could be wrong there, but uh, a great family, some people that have been very complimentary uh, to me along the way and have supported the real Hondo program a hundred percent. I saw Mr. Tafflinger working the taco stand right before the game. Uh, it's just those type of contributions from our fans, uh, family, alumni, everyone that makes the real Hondo prep football program very very special and you heard from a uh, great young man today and josh tafflinger going to colorado coming back uh kind of observing rio in eighth grade and then going into the high school uh a very unique journey uh, into rio hondo and we're starting to see more and more that very different approaches and different paths to uh the rio hondo prep gridiron which is awesome to see awesome to see the growth of the program and to see that some things never change but there's also a few things that uh, do change over time, uh, adapt adaptations, if you will, and some things that give guys like Josh opportunities to come in the high school and contribute and uh, get that whole real Hondo experience. So next week we'll have another player on to talk about uh, their path, their time uh, on the team. And that's really my favorite part of the podcast is talking to these young guys about their time there because all of us alums, we wish we could go back. Some of us think we still know it all and we, we could do it all, but uh, we're just old and, and gray and, and, uh, and among other things. And <laughs> it's fun to at least chat a uh, real ball with these guys. So good luck, fellas, keep up the good work and uh, strive for excellence next week. And I am uh, fully confident that Josh Tafflinger and the real Hondo prep cares will come out victorious on Friday against the Campbell hall Vikings. Okay. Our final segment of the show today is our alumni portion of the podcast. We've been having some alumni guests on the pregame show uh, the past few weeks, you know, Steve Amon, Jacob Blake, vice principal uh, Edwin Ixta was on our pregame show. Those are kind of longer form uh, interviews. These, these ones with the alumni on the weekend uh, recap episodes are generally 15 minutes or so trying to do the same thing we do in those longer ones, but just give a, a taste really uh, from the alumni. I love seeing a, a, a current player and then a recently uh, graduated player or a, a member of the alumni, someone who's uh, participated in real sports a long time ago, whatever the case is, it's fun seeing that back to back, at least for me. So hopefully you guys enjoy that as much as I do on the program today, representing the alumni is Charles Quintero from the class of 2011, a CIF champion in 2008 as a sophomore and a runner-up in 2009 in that dreaded mud game over here in Covina, right around the corner from where I'm at as Rio lost to Linfield Christian 9-6 to uh, and could not finish that perfect season. But Charles Quintero was an explosive player, someone that was uh, so fast, so strong, not very big guy in stature, your typical real Hondo guy, but a superstar, really. Uh, one of the best uh, running backs in Rio's history, uh, played with some incredible players during that 08, 09 magical time, really, in uh, the era of Rio Hondo football, where 11 man really took off. It kicked, it jump started a magical time, about a five year stretch in Rio history where Rio football was just uh, on top of the world and couldn't be beat. So, Charles Quintero now works. Well, I'll let him fill you in. He's, he's a big shot. I think he's a big shot. You just wait to hear what he has to say. And I got to tell you, if you're flying uh, particular airlines out there and you know Charles Quintero, you can't just drop his name, as you'll see. You, you need to know him. You need to have the right credentials uh, to get into certain VIP areas. And Charles Quintero uh, holds the key to those. I'll let, you, let him tell you all about that in the interview here. But uh, I want you guys to 
again, embrace our alumni portion of the podcast for you young guys or parents and families. I hope this is an opportunity to see uh, what real Hondo guys turn into, right? It's it's not just uh, old angry guys uh, crying about uh, high school football games. It's guys that have cherished the memories they, they had with real football and have gone on to do great things in their careers and uh, just daily life with their families and such. So let's get to another shining example of real Hondo prep alumni in Charles Quintero. All right. I'm now joined by a member of the class of 2011, Charles Quintero, a CIF champ in 2008, 28, 2008, and a runner up in 2009. Charles Quintero, what's up, man? How's it going? It's going. It's going. I'm happy to be here. This, this is awesome. <laughs> hey, Super Bowl champ. What does that shirt say there, Charles? Super Bowl. Super oh, it's Bowl an champ. Eagles shirt. Eagles. Okay. <laughs> Eagles are flying high these days, man. They are. They are. It's uh, It's been a long time waiting, waiting for Jalen to you know do his thing. He's finally doing it. They're looking great. And uh, someone else who's who's uh, flying high quite a bit is you, Charles. You were telling me off the air. You're you're on an airplane uh, almost every week. What are you doing these days? Yeah, um, so I, I work for Delta. Um, I manage, I work at LAX, uh, manage the premium services um, for Delta. Uh, so that's, you know, the, the lounges, uh, we call them Sky Clubs for us. Um, and also overseeing our VIP uh, product. So all the celebrities that come through that fly on us, commercial, um, kind of handled through my team. Got it. So when people say, hey, I know a guy, you're that guy. <laughs> Some people have tried that. They go to the club and they say, hey, I know Charles. And then they end up getting, getting in by saying that. So I had to tell my team, hey, unless they're on the list, don't let them in. <laughs> <laughs> Charles in charge. Charles in charge. Right. I love it. That's awesome. Um, so you do Do you see and, and work with a lot of celebrities and things of that nature? Um, so I, I don't necessarily see them, um, but I, I get all of their their itineraries and pretty much just oversee, make sure that their, their experience is seamless. Um, but I don't actually, I'm not actually out there unless it's like, um, you know, super something, someone that's super, super famous. Um, sure. That, yeah. Then I have to be there and make sure everything goes good or else social media will be a frenzy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. That's awesome yeah. stuff, man. I'm sure people are, uh, are excited to hear that. And you were telling, I mean, you travel a lot. You were in Utah a couple weeks ago. You're in Atlanta. I mean, you're all over the place. Why do you have to travel so much? Um, so they, with COVID, um, you know, COVID kind of dissipating, um, they're bringing back all the meet, the leadership meetings that, that we used to have. Uh, so for the past, you know, two and a half years, uh, we haven't really been, it's all been virtual. It's all been kind of like this where, and it's not the same, um, than, you know, being somewhere at the same place as, you know, these people. Um, so they're bringing it all back. Um, so prior to that, um, I, I just started my, my leadership role in 2020. Um, so I missed all the like the traveling stuff. So now it's coming back uh, this year. So you're staying very busy. It sounds like you're balancing a lot. You're traveling a lot. This all sounds familiar, Charles, almost like uh, some training at Real Hondo Prep got you ready for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it really did. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Charles. Hey, man, let's talk some real football. First off, have you had a chance to to listen to this podcast, A Charge to Keep? Yes, I have. I've been trying to keep up to uh, up to date with it, and uh, I think I'm like a week behind. I don't think I watched last week's, um, but yeah, I try to keep up just see what's going on. So I ask all of the uh, alumni I talk to, it's like, hey, do you still follow 
the football team. Now that we have a podcast where we can update guys and everything. I mean, you've been out of high school, man, 11 years. I don't know how that feels, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you still, still have an interest in following uh, the Rio Hondo prep football program. Yeah, yeah, I do. I keep up. I keep up. Um, you know, I try to go to the, the, the those big games. Um, I'll try to pop in there, you know, well, now you you can listen to the podcast on flights. You can watch the games on on flights. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. options here for the uh, the real real faithful. There right? is. I'm de- I'm <laughs> jealous. I'm jealous that that wasn't like that for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy, man, is that was such a, a an awesome era of real football. You played on the 08 championship team, the 09 runner up team. Um, then Rio won back to back in 11 and 12. But it was really your group of guys uh, there in 08, uh, 08, 09, and, and then beyond that really se- started to separate uh, the program. What do you remember most about those couple of years, especially in 08 and 09? 08 and 09. Um, I mean, we being a sophomore, uh, playing with, you know, Antonio, Tim, um, you know, those those guys, Eddie Garcia, um, those guys. Uh, I mean, they, they're the ones that really got us ready for, you know, they kind of started this, in my in my era, they started the the separation um, because we were you know we were a big team we were you know um, doing big things. Um, but in the 09, the 09 team, that was when we went to Linfield and we lost in the rain. I think. Mm, yeah. But yeah. So that that one hurt. That one hurt because you went. I think we were undefeated all the way up until that game, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and we it was like low scoring, like six to nine or something. Yeah, um, couldn't throw the ball for anything. I couldn't put my foot in the ground and make any cuts. It was slip and sliding all over the place. And then Definitely after the game good. ends, the rain stopped completely. And I'm like, yeah. what in the world is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't meant to be just one of those things, man, that happens. Um, but you guys were so fun to watch. I mean, I know your senior year was 2010, um, but 08 and 09, I didn't think anyone was going to beat us. You guys were just so yeah. solid an incredible senior class and back to your sophomore year, you know, a couple years before that you're playing eighth grade football for this crazy coach named Matt Hersema. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, two years later, you're playing in the CIF finals. Yeah, that is true. That's true. I attribute that, you know, and in that team, we were killing people like those yeah. teams, like 57, zero. I remember we went all the way up to, uh, um, where did we go? It was a semifinals game. It was me, Nick, James Ramirez. Um, we were just throwing the ball wherever we wanted and scoring, scoring whenever we wanted. Oh, um, you talking? Uh, you talking was, junior high? Yeah, 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 junior high. Yeah. yeah. Was it Joshua uh, Springs? I think, or wait, somewhere way in the desert. Yeah, it was far. They were like a like red and black team. I can't remember their names, but they were supposed to be some good team, and we walked in there fifty-seven zero. Yeah, <laughs> took it to them. The, the, it's one thing, Charles, that's different than I think other schools, uh, especially the local schools, is you kind of get ready in junior high for mm-hmm. the Rio high school experience. Did, did you feel like your your time in junior high playing alongside, you know, great Nick Preciato and other other guys as well, but do you feel like that kind of really got you guys ready, got you fired up to play in high school? I think so. And, and I, I, I think it started in first grade, actually. Um, nice. You know, in, in the KYL program. Uh, you know, you play against the guys and sometimes they're on your team, right? So you'd like the JTs, the Ed Drains, for me <laughs> specifically, um, you know, Wes, all, all those guys, you play you play with them and then um, then against them, right? You can go to the, the Wingate Park and uh, play against them and you know, you know who they are. And then, you know, junior high, you kind of 
if they all make it to or go to uh, Rio Hondo, then you see him again. You're like, oh, yeah, you were on Superior. You were on you were the Cardinals and that kind of stuff. And you can kind of chop it up and talk about those experiences. And I think that's where it starts. And then it kind of flourishes into junior high and then into high school. Oh, big time. And, and who were some of your coaches growing up? Do you remember um, before you got to Rio Hondo? Uh, Bill Lee. He was my Indians coach. Uh, Mr. Moore. Uh, Mr. Martin. Um, who else coached me? Uh, There's some great ones right there. Yeah. Um, I think those are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head right now. No, for sure. It's been a long time, man. Now, now you're working with celebrities <laughs> and things and, you know, right. uh, <laughs> so talk to me again about, um, you know, in high school, you played as a sophomore, you're uh, contributed quite a bit to that team. Um, I, I don't know. You're a guy that you ran the ball quite a bit. I know you're very explosive, but you, you seem like you really love defense as well. If you had to pick man, which side of the ball did you enjoy the most? Oh man. I think, I think, um, in junior high, uh, I would have said defense just because I like to just lay people out. Um, <laughs> I think I did. I think I did a quite a lot of that <laughs> in junior high. Um, then as you get older, uh, now you're trying to, you know, avoid the contact, right. And stay healthy and, uh, you know, not take those big hits or not lay those big hits either. Uh, cause you know, you're, uh, you're, you're, you know, just trying to stay healthy for the season cause you know, trying to pursue a championship. Yeah. Um, so I say junior high defense into high school, um, offense and, you know, the glory of scoring the touchdown too is, is always nice. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. No, I get it. I remember it. You were a guy that was very diverse. I mean, we had you, you were like a nose guard. Then you're like a safety. You were all over the place. Dude. No one could get a snap off. It was great. Yeah, it's crazy that you say like nose guard. Uh, so after I graduated, I played a year at Citrus. Or actually, I took a year off, then I went back, went back to school. Nice. And uh, I was a special teams player. And um, I, was, I was a nose guard on, or, you know, for, for the pump return. I was the... And those moves still, like they still worked to today. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the guy, the guy that was a snapper that was trying to block me. He was like, "Man, that guy's he's too quick." And I would just sidestep him and then get across. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that is great stuff. Did, who did, who did you did you was see? Was Ron Ponciano the coach there at the time? He was. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. A little bit of a lunatic, but a great guy. <laughs> oh man, he was. That guy was crazy. I we, we lost him out in sack. Um. And we lost on a last minute uh, kickoff return. It was like seven seconds. But all we needed to do was tackle him. And our, our kicker kicked it to the, to the guy that went to the NFL and he returned it and we lost. Oh man, that locker room was not, uh, not a place you wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Ponciano, he coached uh, at all levels. He was a, he was a fiery guy. Um, he was. Let, let's talk. Like, I got some, uh, got some paperwork here in front of me, uh, Charles, that, uh, your name seems to be all over. These are the Rio Hondo <laughs> record books. Uh, this is, let's see, this is career rushing attempts. You are fourth all time, 375 carries in uh, your, your three or four years of playing ball. Career rushing yards. This is the one I wanted to point out. From 07 to 10, you had 2,611 uh, rushing yards for a career. You're behind only Landon Goodwill, Nate Tycho. Jonathan Guerrero, Rick Johnson, and Jacob Blake. So what would that be? Uh -huh. Six on the all-time list, man. That's awesome. <laughs> do you remember watching oh, yeah. Do you remember watching yeah. any of those guys? Um, so Landon, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Nate, yeah. I think we played 
together one year. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. He was right after you, I think. Yeah. Well, it was his brother, Alex. Alex was kind of yeah. You're you more your yeah. team, yeah. Um, and then Grow, I didn't. I got saw, I got to see I got to see him in uh, KYL and also play with his brother, uh, Dave. I think it's, yeah, oh, Dave, Dave was with you guys. Oh, okay. Nice. I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was he was on that team. Or I, I, high school, you know, you're around all those guys, so you kind of blur lines there. I don't know if sure, you play with man. them. Yeah. Hey, man, 17 <laughs> rushing touchdowns your senior year in 2010. Uh, that's, let's see, fifth all-time as far as a single season goes. I mean, your name is all over here, Charles. Uh, some some great memories. Again, very explosive uh, running the ball. And I think, let me see, longest rushing touchdown in, or not longest third or fourth longest rushing touchdown in rhb history uh oh, with really? an 80, 81 yard uh yeah will Tarico put all this together he does a great job keeping up with the staff <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome yeah that's cool to hear i mean i didn't even i didn't even know all that like and i just knew that you know i scored and yeah i ran the ball for rio and you know i didn't really keep track of uh you know the, the stat side of things but it's cool to hear here's one for you this is uh this is fourth the longest run in Rio history, fourth on the list. Uh, senior quarterback uh, Armando Carbajal tied for second uh, all time this year. Uh, this year at Boron, but Landon has a 91 yarder. Jonathan Guerrero and uh, Armando have an 86 yarder. Doc Bray has an 85 yarder, and you, my friend, had an 81 yard touchdown run against Boron uh, in 2008. Do you remember that one? 2008. I think I remember that one. He almost caught me. One of the guys almost caught me from. It's in my highlight film. He almost caught me from behind, and I remember just jumping for the goal line as soon as I felt him real close. Nice. <laughs> so all all over the list here. Um, you again at a time I talked to the Boron coach a few weeks ago. Um, you know he talked about the real rivalry, and you were playing them at a time again, beating them in the playoffs. They beat you guys in the playoffs. Uh, real special rivalry there with with Boron. Did you get a chance to hear their coach talk? I did. Yeah, they did. That was that, that was awesome to hear. Um, it was cool because, you know, we, we played those guys every year that, you know, I was there and I never knew their perspective, never knew how close the, you know, the rivalry, you know, it's rivalry, but how close they we mirror each other's programs. Um, so it was cool to hear that. Um, it sounds like exactly like how what Rio does and mm-hmm. they kind of, uh, you know, it's a small community and everyone knows everyone, everyone's family knows everyone's family. And um, it was it was cool to see that, you know, there's someone like us. <laughs> long flies away but yeah. uh, there's someone like us <laughs> we have more in common than we think sometimes with with yeah. people you know all over the place uh one final thing about your playing days charles you're a guy i remember this distinctly you jumping over the pile uh as a ball carrier just going <laughs> over the top i don't know how many times you did that but yeah do you remember doing that on the goal I remember, line yeah i remember doing that so mark carson had a um <laughs> it was it was one of those things where it's like he, he did a hand motion and that's what i knew okay i'm going over um and it was on the it was on the defensive side so we had a what, stonewall defense where you know we had all our big guys and yeah put them all in and try to prevent them from scoring and i was the guy that came in over the top to try to grab the quarterback before he could do anything <laughs> <laughs> and i did that a couple times um I, I was able to do it a couple times um you know while playing um don't recommend it because it's dangerous but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was it was it was uh i can't remember what the hand motion was i think it was like he would like signal something below his knee or something. And I was like, okay, you're going over, like you're going over the, the line. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. I just remember you, you were so, you know, so athletic, so explosive. And 
Uh, honestly, man, one of the best football players Rio's ever had. Uh, not a big guy in stature, yeah. but someone that that played big and, uh, you know, just kind of summed up really real football. Uh, if you could, Charles, talk to me. You mentioned Coach Carson there. Um, he's the head coach now. And then, of course, uh, he, uh, head coach at your time, uh, Coach Ken Drain. What do you remember about each of those two guys? Um, so uh, Mr. Drain is a, a man of a uh, few words. Um, you knew when he was upset. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, I think I got him to smile a couple times around campus. Um, but when it was time to play, the guy was about business. Like there was, there was that, that's all he cared about that, you know, we're going out there we're doing the best that we can. And, you know, obviously trying to get a win. Right. Um, and then Mark, Mark was kind of the, the guy where you can kind of be goofy with him and uh, you can kind of mess with him and not, you know, not feel like uh, the rat's going to come down on you. <laughs> so that was different, but it's cool that now Mark, Mark's that, uh, you know, the head coach and, maybe Mark's had to be able to or take on a different persona um, because he's the head coach, but um, yeah, different guys. They, but uh, you know, different, different styles of, um, of coaching. Uh, both are you know fantastic. And I think they both mirrored or played off, played well off each other. Definitely. No, definitely. For sure. Um, Rihondo's in great hands and it, and it always has been. Um, mm -hmm. Now, if you could, Charles, kind of, as we wrap up, I mean, real Hondo prep football, just, your experience, we've shared a few here, but I mean, what are some of the lessons or maybe the memories that you've taken with you? You're now in a very professional career. Do you see any of those lessons in your, in your daily life? Do you kind of think back to the old days? Uh, how much do you, I mean, we talked about you following the team uh, already, you know, as yeah. an alumni. I mean, if you could sum up for me, just your general thoughts on Real Hondo football and what it's meant to you in the past and even now. I think, um, Rio Hondo football, I think sports in general um, gets you ready for kind of the real world, right? Facing adversary, adversary. Yeah. Why can't I say that? You can do it. Adversity. You're good. Adversity. There you go. Fight through it. Fight that adversity. adversity. <laughs> right. Um, and I think with Rio, um, it's, you know, it's with the people that are in your corner, right? You're fighting the same for the same goal and, um it just teaches you it teaches you about teamwork and um you know it, the sports is one thing but carrying on those those uh, personal friendships through the rest of you know rest of your life um i think that's that's the the thing that i hold on to the most i mean I still talk to, to these guys um you know we, we connect maybe once or twice a year but um you know every time we see each other it's it's like we just you know it's not like a lot of time has passed right mm -hmm. um and i think you know bring that to the professional, you know, my professional career, uh, being able to be poised, you know, in situations, um, uh, you know, being able to, to just deal with the stress of, of work. Um, um, what else, what else can I think of? Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's pretty much sums it, sums it all up, you know, uh, real football. It, it's, it's the closeness of everything. And, and you, you, you leave with the you know, long-term French friends and, um, you know, the memories of, of, you know, the work that you put in and feeling the, um, the, uh, the gratifying moments, you know, when you win those championships or you break those records and um, yeah. So I think that that's how I would sum up uh, what Rio Honda football has done for me and what it means to me. Outstanding. And, and, you know, currently there's, you know, former teammates of yours who, who are on the assistant uh, coaching staff, De uh, Ed Drain, JT Parker, Dave Drain. Uh, they're, they're doing a great job and carrying on, carrying on that torch that uh, so many have uh, 
have carried before us, especially guys like yourself, Charles. So, hey, I hope to see you at a game soon. There's only a few left this year, but uh, maybe we'll see if you're not flying to some other state uh, one of these weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm trying. I've been trying to go to the game. I haven't been in a couple of years, but I, I will try. Um, Fridays are, are are tough for me. Oh, for sure. You're laying out the red carpet for, for someone somewhere, <laughs> yeah. right? And doing doing, exactly. doing great great work. Hey, Charles, all uh, all the best. Continued success, man. So good to see you. It's been a while since I've uh, chatted with you. And uh, go Eagles, huh? Yes, go Eagles. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> we'll, man. I appreciate it. We'll see you. All right. I tell you guys, man, you really get your money's worth on this podcast. Not only do you get to hear from Coach Carson Weekly, but man, how about our two guests today, Josh Tafflinger and then Charles Quintero. I mean, a current player that is doing great things, has had a great uh, story, a great journey. And Charles Quintero, just having a great career at Rio Hondo, you know, setting records left and right. And then, oh, oh, no big deal. He's some big celebrity uh, red carpet guy now working for Delta and their airlines and things. It's probably it's probably not exactly that, as Charles will, uh, I'm sure, uh, fix all those rumors and things. But it sure sounds like he sh he's doing those things. I mean, man, working the, uh, the, the fancy VIP area for Delta is uh, no small feat indeed. So Charles Quintero. What a rock star, man. I remember play, uh, watching him play, getting to coach him a little bit in junior high. Just an absolute joy. And uh, that smile, I told Mark, remember, he's got that great smile. But, man, you put a helmet on that guy, ooh, different character indeed. And that's what I think is the case with a lot of guys at Real Hondo. You know, some guys might be quiet. Some guys might be uh, very joyful and things. But when that helmet comes on, those pads go on. That's transformation. That is body armor. That is ready for war, uh, you know, all, all that good stuff. So football brings out the best in people. I, I really do believe that. I always will believe that. And that's why I am so passionate about the great game of football at all levels, but especially on Friday nights. Uh, it's the greatest thing in America. It's so pure, so true. And with all the other things going on in the world and uh, sports and professional, uh, professional sports and just drama here and there. I mean, there's something special and pure about high school football, especially Rio Hondo football. And I know tonight, or excuse me, this Friday did not go the way we wanted. Um, you know, life doesn't always go that way. That's not how, how things are. Life isn't fair. You know, you you win seven games and, and you lose two. Uh, you don't go to the playoffs. That's not necessarily fair, but life isn't fair. You know, it's life comes at you, how it comes at you, and it's just how you respond to it that, uh, that, that really will – take you into great success wherever you end up in life. And as coach Carson said, what was that? O R O no E R O. I, I don't remember exactly what the phrase was, but a pretty good one. Indeed. Nice little equation to uh, take us into the week uh, as it's a, uh, it's a big one. Indeed. Week 10 guys, it's put up or shut up time. It is do or die for the real Hondo prep cares. Sure. They might get in in another way, but they got to win this game this Friday against Campbell hall win. And they're in lose and we hold our breaths for those playoff brackets next week. Um, I will still have a pregame show for you guys, but I'm not sure what we're going to do in regard to the Sunday, Saturday or Sunday show. Whenever we release it, the, the playoff pairings are supposed to be out on Sunday morning, I believe. So what we might end up doing 
is waiting until the pairings are released to release our podcast. Uh, it will all be determined by what happens on Friday night, and we'll keep you guys posted on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please give us a like, give us a follow on each of those platforms, and uh, you can see all the content that we put out as you are seeing today on YouTube, Apple, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. That is pretty much where you can listen to a charge to keep the official podcast of Real Honda Prep Football. All right, guys, tough week. It's been a lot of good weeks. This one was tough. Uh, not too many blowout losses for real. It's not very un uncharacteristic of them. Um, and I promise you great effort from the team and much improvement uh, this Friday against Campbell Hall. That's uh, all we can do. Onward and upward, right? It's going to be a, a tall task, a great opportunity. And I know this team is up for it and ready to go. So uh, thanks for tuning in today to another edition of, I'm going to say the bet. Well, I have no way to prove this, but maybe one of the best high school football podcasts in America. Let's, let's, I don't know. I'm going to do some research and see if there's uh if there's a better one out there that includes alumni and current players and coaches and things like we do here on, uh, on the real Honda prep football podcast. But Hey, as coach Carson says, we're just getting started. Let's go. This season is not over yet. One game in the regular season remaining. And then, it's uh, playoff football, although playoff football starts this Friday. Look it. I said it last week. If you can, if you're able, uh, if you can find a way to get to this game, the boys need every fan they can get on the road uh, out there in Van Nuys at Campbell Hall. Campbell Hall Vikings have one loss, and it was to Brentwood last week, 35-7, uh, to 7, a very similar score that Brentwood beat us on Friday. So this is going to be a heck of, heck of a game on paper. It's two very evenly matched teams. We'll see what happens. I can't wait to kick it off. I'm going to be biting my nails all week, just uh, waiting and chomping at the bit. Uh, can't can't wait for this one, as I'm sure so many of you out there are as well. Redemption time for real. It's uh, do or die. Time to go. We'll see you guys there on Friday at Campbell Hall. If you can't make it, please tune in on the NFHS network. But guys, as always, this is your friendly reminder that at Real Hondo Prep, we want to be humble in victory and gracious in defeat because we always have a charge to keep. A charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never-dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. Arm me with jealous care, as in thy sight to live. And, O oh, thy servant, Lord, prepare a strict account to give.